listening to the New York Football Podcast with Tim McMaster and Dan Duggan. Welcome into another edition of the New York Football Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Dan Duggan. This is our Giants pod here at The Athletic. Subscribe, rate, review us. You can also save 40% off a subscription to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash the New York Football Podcast. And Dan, we're doing this podcast because, well... The Giant is in some trouble. We'll see if he continues to be a Giant. But DeAndre Baker uh, arrested, facing four counts of armed robbery with a firearm, four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm as well. This story has kind of been developing. One of the questions since it started kind of last Thursday was that I've been facing was, when are we going to do this podcast? Because <laughs> things kept kind of changing and developing. But this feels like a good day to do it as we record on Monday afternoon. Um he was released on bond, $200,000 bond. Um, I guess I'll let you set the stage. Just set this up. Where are we right now? And, and what do you know about what's really going on with this weird story? Yeah, I think you're right. This is probably a good time to sort of catch our breath and actually do a podcast on it because sort of the perils of you know social media and round-the-clock media is you can report something and then you know in the next breath it's totally changed. I think um, certainly this is still very much up in the air what's to come. But the first wave of sort of news and developments seem to have taken place. And now we kind of regroup a little bit here because, um, you know, everything started uh, at a party that took place just last Wednesday night. So not even a week ago. So it hasn't been that long, but a lot has taken place. Um, so rather than, you know, we can probably get into the details, but just in terms of like major checkpoints along the way, um, that party happens Wednesday night. Thursday night, the arrest warrant gets released by the Miramar uh, Police Department, which is just north of Miami. And so... Thursday night was kind of crazy on, on, on my end, you know, trying to track down what the heck happened. And, you know, obviously you read the arrest warrant and it was, it was pretty eye popping details involved in that. Um, Friday was sort of uh, figuring out what the next step was going to be. Um, you know, a lot of different scenarios were at play. But by Saturday morning, uh, DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar, who's a Seattle Seahawks cornerback, they both turned themselves into authorities and um, they spent Saturday night in prison. Uh, in jail and then sunday morning first thing had a uh, a bond hearing in front of a judge and now this was interesting i don't know exactly how the judicial system works thankfully i've never been involved in it and i've never been a court reporter and i certainly don't know how it works in florida but i, I think it's probably covid related where um you know these are open court but since court isn't actually open it was all on zoom and they live streamed it on youtube so i'm sitting there you know, like in my pajamas on Sunday morning, uh, watching this this court case kind of unfold was was pretty interesting. Um, so what came of that is the state requested no bond, uh, but that was very highly unlikely. You know, I've talked to some legal experts and even a, a defense attorney who's based in Florida because, you know, every state sort of has their own things. And, and he said the, the bond is not something that should be read into. Like they were never going to get held with no bond. I mean, they're no no criminal records. Um, while these are serious charges, it's not a you know a murder. I mean, the odds of DeAndre Baker going on the run were pretty minimal. He's a well-known uh, public figure, so he figured you know it was 25 grand um, per count for each guy. So for Dunbar, he had four counts, so his his bond was 100 grand. Baker was 200 grand because he had the eight counts. Um, but the the lawyer I spoke to said that's totally standard. I thought I saw people reading into it, like oh, that's a low amount. He said that they have. You know, statutory bonds in Florida. Again, I'm not gonna. I'm getting out of my uh, my, my wheelhouse here a little bit. When we're talking about the uh, the Florida legal system, but basically, my understanding was the bond doesn't mean a heck of a lot, and he was always going to get it. You know, just based on 
his, his lack of criminal history and, and the charges involved here. So anyways, that was Sunday. He postponed, gets out. So now it's really, you know, the, the legal process kicks into high gear where, you know, Baker's defense attorneys are, are kind of going a little more on the offensive saying, you know, this is a bogus case and, and we're going to get these charges thrown out. Um, you know, obviously the state isn't going to say, you know what, you're right. Like there's going to be some back and forth here and, and there's going to be a lot of both sides, uh, you know, working to strengthen their case. Obviously for an NFL player, it's paramount to get things, you know, handled in as timely a fashion as possible because the longer this drags on, I mean, as of right now, Baker has been told by the Giants to just kind of stay away, um, which shouldn't be that much of a problem because he wasn't attending some of the voluntary sessions even before this all went down, but that's, that's another topic. Um, just kind of stay away, focus on your legal issues. So again, the longer that drags on, that's not great for him. They want to get this thing tied up and say, hey, you know, he's 100% cleared. He's, a, you know, he's, he's seen the light. I think one of his lawyers was, was saying he's scared straight. Um, so they want this to get resolved as quickly as possible. Again, I don't know exactly how long this will play out, but they're going to push to say, you know, the witnesses' testimony is falling apart. We have all this evidence that exonerates Baker, and, and they want to put it to bed. Again, I, I just knowing how the legal process tends to play out, I don't think it'll be that tidy. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a drawn-out process. I know the, the prosecution wants to now revisit some of these witnesses who apparently told the police the night of the alleged robbery, you know, that they were robbed and that Baker did it, and then apparently told the attorneys within 48 hours, oh, no, no, like, that didn't happen. So they need to obviously – um, get to the bottom of that. So that I'm sure that'll take some time. Uh, so we don't, you know, the next step um, is sort of be to be determined. That's why I said I think it's probably a good time to to sort of check in because I, I don't imagine anything significant on the legal front is going to happen this week. I, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, I think if anything happens quickly, it'd be, it'd be good news because it would probably mean the charges were dismissed. But again, I assume from my limited knowledge, this will, you know, drag out a little bit. I don't, I don't think we'll have any sort of definitive conclusion within the next couple of days or, you know, maybe weeks. Again, the, the legal process tends to, to move at a slow pace. A few notes from it. Baker's lawyer is Bradford Cohen. He's represented a lot of uh, high-profile uh, clients in his career. Uh, rappers DMX, Vanilla Ice, Kodak Black, um, Dennis Rodman, he helped out at one point. Uh, Plaxico Burris, too, former Giant. Not for the gun incident, though. It was for traffic infractions for Plaxico Burris. The other thing, another thing that was weird about, or strange, um, when the Miramar Police Department tweeted out what had happened, they actually tagged the Giants and Seahawks. That I mean, kind of like it's like calling your parents almost, right? And telling <laughs> you. And there was a lot of comments after that. They, that tweet blew up, obviously because of the news, but also a lot of people saying, "Oh my God, you tagged their employer." Basically, obviously the Giants and Seahawks are going to find out about this quickly and and no problem. But did you find that odd, Dan? That they the Miramar Police actually tagging professional sports franchises in a uh, criminal tweet like that? Yeah, no, it definitely struck me as odd. I mean, they explained it away as. We had been trying to get in touch with Baker and Dunbar. They weren't responding. So I kind of sound the alarms, I guess, and let their Maybe employers know. Maybe call the team, though, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't listen, know. And, 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 you know, their attorneys were quick to accuse them, which I think often happens of, like, trying to, you know, publicize the case. And, and yep. like, you know, I think he called it a virtual touchdown dance. Dunbar's, I mean, these lawyers always have great phrases. He said they, you know, did a virtual touchdown dance before anything had even, you know, really happened. Um, that, was, that was bizarre. But it's also, I mean it's odd covering like these very important legal proceedings in the 21st century. Cause um, you got Baker's lawyer, all of his updates are coming on Instagram. And, and then like, he's putting news nuggets in the replies to like, there's a hundred comments on his post. And like, I have to dig through to see like what he said. He, he dropped a, a reference to having 
video of, of you know, he didn't really specify what the video showed or you know what was in it, but he dropped that like in a reply to a comment on one of his posts. It's like, come on, man, can we get a press release? Like, you know, go through some more uh, official channels. It's funny. I'm, I'm just literally, I'm on, I'm on Instagram. And I'm not just idly scrolling anymore. I'm actually looking to see if uh, if Baker's lawyer has has made any uh, revelations there. So it's it's the tagging of the teams, the Instagram updates. It's all a very 21st century thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I think the lawyers feeling is they were just kind of doing that for max publicity and, and were excited to to have a, a celebrity um you know in custody and you know a high profile case the police department dismissed that you know whatever i don't think it's a big deal but it definitely it just speaks to the sort of this the, the odd times we're living in where again social media is like involved in the, the legal process which just kind of feels weird as long as they keep it away from tiktok as long as we don't get involved in that, <laughs> uh, yeah i'm not going on there I so I, yeah I refuse to download that app. All right, our only time is going to tell how this plays out and what happens um, with these, uh, you know, allegedly what was going on on a Wednesday night um, as far as with Baker goes. But then you spin things to the New York Giants and you never want your players to be involved in anything um, that, that gets them into this situation. Obviously, we'll find out what actually went on with it. But what do you think the Giants are thinking right now? Because... He was involved in some of the off-season training stuff at one point, but he hasn't been, and, and reportedly they've told him to stay away at this point. Right, Dan? Right, yeah, and uh, you know it's funny, the timing of this, we did a podcast, I want to say last week, and one of the, the questions we got in the, the Doug and Deep uh, segment was, you know, how long is Judge's leash going to be with DeAndre Baker? And now, listen, I answered that question having no idea that something like this was, uh, was in the cards, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> you know, my feeling was, DeAndre Baker just had a terrible rookie year. And again, I, I'm saying off the field, I mean like the locker room and the meeting room. I don't mean anything like this. And that's a whole nother discussion that's kind of raging on Twitter and on message boards about like how much the Giants could have known. I mean, listen, there was no reason to believe he was, if what is alleged happened, there's nothing to suggest that. Again, no criminal record, wasn't in trouble at Georgia to any significant degree. A lot of it is just kind of maturity questions and, you know, sort of character in terms of his work ethic, all that type of stuff. That's a, Totally different basket. But so again, that question was about that type of stuff with Judge. And the fact that you, know, you would have thought year one of, you know, having a really rough rookie year and, you know, being, uh, you know, benched at times and, and really just taking a lot of criticism, that that would have been the wake up call. Then you get a new coach in. So you're starting from scratch and this guy is clearly all business. And then, you know, a source told me, he has been in some of the Zoom meetings this offseason, so it's not like he's you know skipped the entire program. And it's always important to note that it's voluntary, so he's every right to skip every single one if he wants. But to be skipping the sessions last week when you're trying to presumably make a good first impression on a new coach who again is you know going to be a business like type of guy, that probably doesn't sit real well with Judge to begin with. And then you're skipping the sessions last week while all of this is going on. So again, whether or not he committed a crime, it just doesn't feel like DeAndre Baker has like, you know, made any progress in terms of his commitment this off season. Cause you know, it just feels like he's probably not putting himself in the best situations again, whether or not he did anything criminally wrong, feels like he probably could just exercise better judgment, whether it's, you know, being at this party where whatever was going on, whether it's skipping meetings that again, if you're trying to like, hold on to or claim a starting job would probably be in your best interest. It's two hours. You don't even have to leave your house. Like it's not, a, not asking a heck of a lot. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, from the, from that perspective with the giants, I, I think they're probably very upset. I would think that that's the feeling. Like I would think they're very angry that, that, um, these headlines are out there again, whether or not it happened is to be determined by, um, the criminal system, but this is not a good look. Um, just, and the giants are very PR conscious. So again, I would very highly uh, suspect that they're not happy right now. We haven't, it's funny, we, we haven't seen Joe Judge have to deal with any, you know, adversity. And, and it's funny, everyone says this. I think Ben McAdoo had a line his first season where like the biggest difference from going to coordinator head coach is every day a dumpster fire comes across your desk when you're the head coach. You know, welcome to being a head coach, Joe Judge, because you're not just drawing up schemes for, you know, punt blocks. It's now you got to deal with this. If this happened in New England, Bill Belichick has to deal with it. Now you're you're sitting in the captain's chair, so he has to deal with this. And I just cannot imagine for any coach this is a welcome development. And so it'll be very interesting to see how the Giants, how Judge deal with this, because for now they've just given the obligatory. You know, we're aware, we have no further comment. That's every that's boilerplate. So we haven't actually seen them do anything. But even though, like, nah, why don't you stay away? Like, take care of your legal situation. I think that's we can't read too much in that yet because you know maybe they gen- genuinely want him to do that, but they're distancing themselves a bit. You know, I mean, they they could very easily have him sit on meetings that media is not you know privy to. There's no access, and I, you know that wouldn't hurt anything conceivably. So I think that's a little bit of a sign just how sort of uh, disappointed or or angered they are that they just don't even really want him around right now. Uh, even though you obviously you can't physically be around, they don't even want him really being part of the, the team activities. And um, and I think that they're going to let things probably cool off a little bit and, and sort of regroup and, and make any long-term decisions, probably dictated by what the legal system uh, will, will guide their, their way a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, obviously innocent until proven guilty in this country, and they can wait until that plays out. And it doesn't all fall on the Giants either. The league obviously can... Uh, go with discipline depending on how this plays out as well and Roger Goodell has used that power in the past Um, what could Baker face from the league where the Giants wouldn't even have to worry about that side of it yeah and and that's what I mean when I actually I say the legal system they also might just sit back and let the league uh, kind of handle it because they have been known to step in I mean you try to just look at previous examples and I know the Giants you know have this um, you know reputation of having like zero tolerance for you know like bad PR but they've They've obviously had some some you know guys who were uh, unsavory to say the least uh, in their locker room, and um, the, of course there was the Josh Brown thing that was just a PR nightmare for them, and the way they handled that was super questionable. Where you know they let him hang around until you know the, I mean, the league game, the one game suspension, they were basically going to just do that and move on, and then obviously more came out, and they just always felt very reactive on that. They did not get out in front of that. Um, but he was a Pro Bowl kicker, you know maybe that uh, made it a little easier to look the other way. And then last summer. They had Cameron Moore, who was like an end of the roster guy. He had, um, I think it was like a domestic assault charge pop up in, in New Jersey, like right before they started training camp. And they immediately suspended him. And then they kind of got let off the hook because then he was put on the commissioner's exempt list right before uh, the start of training camp. And then he ended up getting cut on cut day. And then ended up getting the charge, charges totally dropped in October. So that, that's tough because, I mean, Whatever he did or didn't do, he got totally exonerated, and now his NFL career is over. I mean, he was a fringe guy to begin with, so you, you lose a season and you have that on your resume. Uh, you know, he's probably done. So Baker probably falls somewhere in the middle. He's certainly not Cameron Moore. Uh, he hasn't proven himself like a Josh Brown. He's a, you know, he's a former first-round pick. He's only had one year. It wasn't a good year, but uh, teams are going to be a little less likely to just cut ties and, and make a point. You know, it's funny because Cody Latimer, who was with the Giants last year, he also got arrested. It's something about this time of year, it seems like. 
Uh, he got arrested on some sort of you know weapons charge uh, in Colorado, but he just signed with the Redskins for like a minimum deal. That's a guy that I wouldn't be shocked if the Redskins say we're not standing for this because it's a lot easier for a you know a guy who's a depth piece and and you sign to a, a pretty minimal contract. Baker, I would think they're going to let things play out. Um, you know, I don't know that the league really has to do anything. It's like this this offseason is so different. Like I said with Cameron Moore, the league put him on the commissioner exempt list because I feel like they probably had to because training camp was about to start. So you kind of have to do something. You can't just suspend the guy indefinitely. Um, so that took it sort of off the Giants' plate. With Baker, I mean, there's nothing. Again, these voluntary meetings right now, he's been told to stay away from. But there's nothing. He's not, getting, he's not missing any paychecks right now. There's nothing in person. Training camp, you know, that's still a couple months away. So I, it might just kind of linger. And then if, if, you know, the time comes, maybe the league steps in and does put him on the exempt list. But I think, you know, I think a lot of times we've seen with the NFL and with the Giants and with, you know, any of these uh, big organizations, corporations, if you want to call them that, they kind of like to let things play out before they have to make a decision. We saw that over, over and over with the NFL this offseason with free agency, with the draft, with the schedule. They sort of just let things play out and then made the decision at sort of the last minute, the offseason program. They, they delayed that as late as they possibly could. So I would assume they'll let the court system go as far as they can before they really have to make a decision. And listen, if in two months DeAndre Baker's free and clear from all these charges, well, then he shows up at camp most likely. And if in two months it's still entangled in the legal process, then it gets a little murkier and, and we'll see what the team and the league does. But I think that uh, for now, I think they probably just sit tight and let things play out a bit and, and see where they're at when they, before they have to actually make a, a hard and fast decision. If he's found innocent um, and, you know, nothing comes of this and he goes back to the Giants, we had talked about the fact that there was already a short leash with DeAndre Baker. Um, does that leash get shorter just because he was involved in something? Or is there – I mean, I, I feel like even if he's innocent – you still, this is in the back of your mind as a team, right? They're mentally that this guy got involved in some sort of incident that led him into this mess. Yeah, and and that's where it gets dicey because yeah, I mean, if if the charges get dismissed, we don't have to, we don't have to say innocent. If they just you know can't go forward right. with the case, so the Giants might have a you know a sour taste in the mouth. Like we kind of think this guy did something bad here, but they they couldn't prove it. So it doesn't even have to be like cleared from it. But if they just drop the charges, uh, I mean, you, you can't you know unknow what you probably know. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of a tough look if the guy doesn't have any criminal proceedings and you cut him over what, you know, was basically a police report. Uh, so that, that's where it gets to be a tough spot. But just certainly, as we said, the leash football only was pretty short. So this certainly doesn't, you know, help his cause. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I don't think you can just cut ties if, if things totally go away, if you're going to stand by him right now. And the other thing, though, uh, back to the league point of view, and again, I think the Giants will sort of de- happily defer to the league just even if he gets totally the charges get totally dismissed he still can get in trouble with the league like we have a uh, a legal analyst who writes for us daniel wallach and and i tweet i retweeted him earlier today so i mean i'm i'm going to just kind of defer to that rather than trying to recount every every bitty role but he did a deep dive into the discipline policy under the new cba and basically it's the the burden of evidence is super low we're not talking reasonable doubt we're not talking more probable than not it's super low to be subject to discipline um, so just the fact that DeAndre Baker did have, you know, this the, the police report and you know, he had to get, you know, went to jail over these charges, even if they do get thrown out, he still very well could be subject to the, the personal conduct policy. So I recommend reading uh, that piece by Daniel Wallach that I retweeted um, and to just to show that DeAndre Baker has certainly much bigger fish to fry with the legal system. But even if everything's free and clear there, there he still very well could run into some some discipline in the NFL and 
and just sort of based on, on precedent, it feels like the NFL, if you, if you end up on the police ball in the offseason, you're going to um, you know, serve some sort of a suspension. So even, you know, even if he comes back and, and everything is clear, it uh, does not mean he'd be you know, suiting up in week one for the Giants. And you'll continue to be all over the story, obviously, Dan, um, on Twitter and on The Athletic. So keep uh, tracking Dan uh, for the latest on this story. Before we say goodbye on the podcast, though, um, some different news today came from Andrew Cuomo's daily press conference where he basically said that he's encouraged pro teams to open up in New York, that he's ready for that, which was a surprise to me because he's been uh, one of the most cautious governors, obviously, in this country throughout this whole thing because of what New York has dealt with, which has been a lot more than every other state pretty much at this point. But he said, quote, I want to watch the Buffalo Bills, but I'm still objective. I'm acting as governor. There's no personal agenda here. Yes, I do want to watch the Bills, but that is not subverting my role as governor. I think this is in the best interest of all the people and the state of New York. Um, There's nothing offensive to Giants and Jets fans there. They do play in New Jersey, technically. (laughs) Uh, So the Bills are the only New York official NFL team. Um, But, Dan, that's – I mean, there's – you can look at that and say – you know, a group of people are going to look at that and say, no, it's it's not time. We need to be more cautious. He's not saying start playing football tomorrow. He's saying, you know, do what you need to do as leagues. And when you're ready and when it's safe, we're ready to have the sports back here in New York. And obviously that'll be without fans as well. But it, it's a step in the right direction for, for sports fans. Yeah, and it was funny because I saw the quote at first. I was like, didn't he grow up in Queens? Like, how do you become a Buffalo <laughs> Bills fan? And then it definitely makes sense. He's not going to sit there and talk about another state's team, which is, uh, you know, always the, the kind of conflict there where the, the New York Giants and New York Jets, you know, are housed in New Jersey. So I did, I did that for a second. I was like, why is he only talking about the Bills? And then, uh, you know, you're always going to be on, on your P's and Q's. You're a politician, so he's got to talk about the, the home state team. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that it's pretty clear that, uh, the political powers that be, as much as they um, don't agree on a lot, it seems like they want big-time sports back. I mean, we saw just a taste of it this past week, and I know NASCAR was back in action, uh, and more and more is coming down the pike. And I know we've talked about on the podcast that the best thing that the NFL has going for it, and you don't want to really harp on silver linings when we're talking about a, a pandemic, is just the time it happened for them. They have the luxury of letting every other league work out the kinks, figure out how it's going to work, fans, no fans, testing, all these different things. And they just are sitting back in their offseason, observing, learning, working on their own contingency plans. So uh, it definitely sounds like you're not going to see fans in, you know, when the NBA comes back, the NHL, Major League Baseball, whenever they get going in the summer, you're not going to see fans. Football, it, you know, from what he says and from what you've heard from other politicians, it doesn't sound um, super likely and especially – in states like New Jersey, New York, California, um, where you know they've been hit harder, so that's the big part that sort of remains to be seen. Because you know, there's also other politicians and other you know powerful people who want to see fans back, and they're saying, you know, when we roll out in September, there will be fans. The league is obviously like as <laughs> same as with the legal stuff; they're just holding back. They're not going to you know plant their flag one way or another. So that that is definitely a big question. It feels like from again, I'm going <laughs> going way out of my lane today. Legal stuff and now po- politics. It doesn't feel likely that we're going to have fans jamming into MetLife Stadium for Monday Night Football in, you know, three, four months. But who knows? A lot has changed to this point. A lot could change. But um, I think overall, the Cuomo's message was probably optimistic because, again, he said he he has been pretty conservative about things. But I I do feel like just for um, what's, you know, big time professional sports mean to the country and to the people, 
they're gonna they're gonna do what they can to to make sure they can get off the ground and at least get on TV. Uh, whether or not there'll be fans in the building is sort of another topic. Still waiting to hear on the NBA. Major League Baseball has taken steps over the last week, and they're shooting for early July, but still a ton to figure out with the Players Association, how they're going to split the pie as far as money goes and the safety protocols and all of that. There's a lot to do. But we did get soccer back in Germany this week, and soccer in England, they're actually having workouts today with small groups of players they started or they started going tomorrow they'll do that they voted on it today so slowly we take these steps but no one has taken that step towards fans yet and that's going to be the last thing but if we can get these games on tv at least as fans uh, we'll have something back great stuff dan i know like you said out of your comfort zone with the legal stuff but doing a great job with it and i know you're talking to lawyers and and making sure you have it all figured out better you than me um so we appreciate that (laughs) stay locked on here for the podcast when there's new big news developing whether it's about the giants getting back to playing football or more with deandre baker we'll have it for you here on the new york football podcast and before we go we also want to let you know about the athletics newest podcast the comeback covid19 and the return of sports seth davis you know him from college basketball he's hosting that one examining the latest developments on the return of professional sports during covid19 and the pandemic Uh, Last week, he discussed baseball's plan to reopen with Evan Drellick and NASCAR's return to the track as well. So check out the comeback right here at The Athletic on the app, also on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, If you have a friend who needs a subscription to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash the New York football podcast. You can save 40% off a one-year subscription. That's going to do it for us. Tune in again next time on the New York football podcast.